0: I'm Harriet Smith and welcome back to Dietitian Cafe where we discuss the world of nutrition and dietetics. To mark World Menopause Day, in this interview we'll be looking at whether nutrition is really that important during the menopause. I'm delighted to be joined by specialist menopause dietitian Nigel Denby. Nigel is an award-winning dietitian with special interests in menopause and women's hormonal health, lifelong weight management, IBS, premenstrual syndrome polycystic ovary syndrome and cholesterol management. He has 20 years of experience helping people to eat better, feel better and change their lives through practical and realistic advice. Nigel's professional ethos is simple, no gimmicks, no fad diets and no quick fixes, just good evidence-based nutritional advice to help you to feel better. In this episode we'll dig into what the menopause actually is before examining the need for nutrition and dietetics during the menopause. We'll explore the role of a dietitian in this area and Nigel will point us towards key research in this field. So without further ado it's my real honour to welcome you Nigel onto the Dietitian Cafe. Thank you for joining me today. It's a
1: real thrill to be here um, and lovely that menopause is, is on the map so thrilled to do this. Thank you very much for asking me.
0: You're very welcome. And let's dive straight in, Nigel. Could you tell us a bit about your dietetic background and how you've come to specialise in supporting women through the menopause?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I didn't come into dietetics until I was about um, 25. My background prior to that was hospitality um and i trained as a chef so always been very foodie i went and retrained in dietetics um and um i went i went up to scotland to train actually and back in those days as well i also needed, needed to do an access course before i could start my degree so it took me about five years um and um yeah, it's, never look back, it feels like it was five minutes ago. In terms of how I got into uh, menopause, was almost one of those things, a slight accident, um, uh, just circumstances led me to pick up um, some clinical work that uh, uh, another independent dietitian was looking to have covered in a menopause clinic. It turned out that clinic was um, with Nick Panay, who is almost, um, I suppose, the emperor of menopause. He's a, um, a gynaecologist who um, is the, has been the chair of various, um, uh, of the British Menopause Society and the International Menopause Society. He's a really well-renowned um, gynaecologist. Uh, And one of the few I suppose who has a real interest in hormones and and menopause the vast majority of gynaecologists are much more interested in surgery Um, and um, I learned an awful lot from Nick um, and very quickly realized that this was an area I found very interesting and a cohort of women who were so ready to make changes um, and we're just a joy to work with from that point of view. Um, you know, I think we all know that the dietetic message isn't often a very sexy one. It's quite a difficult sell to people. And that's often, I think, why some of the um, more radical nutritional advice is, is so much more appealing to, um, to people bec- uh, uh, because it, it sounds more exciting than our message five a day you know we've kind of done it to death a bit haven't we um so this group absolutely um you know were are looking at their lives and ready to make changes and that was just a breath of fresh air for me it was so exciting
0: I'm sure lots of dietitians listening can relate to that perhaps having patients who are not um, as open to making changes for example Um, So it's great to hear how you've got a really engaged cohort, like you said. But I'm wondering, it has to be said that menopause tends to affect women. It's a a female-dominated field. How has it been received by your clients and indeed your colleagues that you are a a male dietitian working in this area, Nigel? Um,
1: I guess uh, the same way that um, if you were... Going to see a male midwife or perhaps um, a male obstetrician. You know, um, I've. I don't think anybody has ever um, queried it, questioned it. Uh, maybe they've thought things about it. I've often thought if they were re- if they were going to query it in any way, my stock answer would be: Would you want your oncologist to have had cancer? to treat you, you know. Um, But nobody ever has. And I think, you know, it doesn't ever, ever enter my head, particularly, I suppose being a male in a very female dominated profession anyway, you know, I just got so used to going to every conference and having the lose to myself, because I'm the only bloke there half the time. So it doesn't never really crosses my mind. And I, I don't think the clients worry.
0: It's funny you should say that because I've had a conversation before with another dietitian on the podcast and they said exactly the same thing about there never being any cues for the male lose. So it's uh, something we're all very jealous of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So to give some background to our listeners, could you tell us a bit more about what the menopause is and how long does it tend to last for for women?
1: Sure. I mean, we we sort of separated into two. So you've got perimenopause which is the, the uh time leading up to uh 12 months without a, a period um and for most women on average that starts at around 46 i think often people are quite surprised that it's so young you know i think often there's this thought that menopause is going to happen in your 60s but no um 46 is the average uh, for perimenopause to start. And that's when you might well be having regular periods, but you start to notice things are changing. Um, And the issue for so many women, I think, is the shock at just how huge and varied the um, range of symptoms can be. Essentially, we're looking at uh, oestrogen, deficiency is is what menopause is. Um, And during perimenopause, you'll start to see huge variations in the levels of oestrogen. So it's almost like a roller coaster. Um, And it's why women can feel grand one minute and literally the next minute on their knees. um, Because uh, the symptoms can be so varied because there are oestrogen receptors from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. So I think we've got about 48 potential uh, perimenopause symptoms and they are much, much more varied than hot flushes and night sweats. So, you know, we it, you can look at Thinning hair, changes in skin, um, brain fog, and um, a difficulty in concentrating and and um, focusing on on, um, on topics in hand can be huge changes in mood um, and uh, a lot of um, depression and um, just a kind of lack of joy in life. But it also, of course, impacts things like joints, um, breast tenderness, there can be significant changes vaginally. Um, We can look at, um, goodness, a higher um, risk of um, osteoporosis, your risk of heart disease begins to change. Um, And it generally hits women just when life should be getting a little bit better you know kids are becoming less dependent you might well be at the um at the top of your career you might well find that things are be- you're beginning to feel a little bit more financially secure um and then all of a sudden this comes and hits you like a steam train um and you know there are Some women who sail through it, not many. Um, And for the vast majority of women, it comes as a total shock. Um, And in fact, it's fascinating. Even menopause specialist doctors will often tell you, you know, that they'd actually been in the middle of perimenopause for several years before they'd realised Um, From a dietetic point of view, one of the main reasons that women tend to present to me is menopausal weight gain. So we see around 75 percent of women will gain anything up to 10 kilos during their perimenopause. Perimenopause usually lasts for about five or six years. Uh, So we see menopause when we've gone for 12 months without a period uh, at about age 51. Um, By that stage, the majority of women have gained weight and they have gained it in the upper part of the body, around the trunk. Um, And again, this is due to changing levels of oestrogen affecting the way the body lays down fat and speeding up the natural process of uh, muscle loss um, of age related muscle loss, which, of course, is having a huge effect on metabolic rate. Um, so that moment of the weight gain is the thing is the, the gateway, if you like, that lets me get um, loads of other good, healthy eating um, practices uh, it, it into the picture as well.
0: That's really interesting you've mentioned a, a very broad range of symptoms that can affect women during the menopause I'm just wondering does it affect all uh, women in the same way or do you see women present in really quite different ways?
1: Very very different um, and also Some women, as I say, a very small minority seem to just go through perimenopause without even realising the vast majority of women will notice changes of some kind. Now, some of them are, um, you know, are are not distressing, um, uh, but they're just noticeable. There are other women who are literally on their knees. Um, Many, many women present to their GP with um, this very low mood, lack of um, of enjoyment out of life and are very often uh, given antidepressants, which aren't going to do a thing uh, because this change in mood is to do with estrogen. It's nothing to do with traditional depression, if you like, that we think about. Um, there's also, though, I think... Um, a difficulty for so many women there's this there's a myth there are myths that have been hanging over since the 1980s about HRT um and almost a feeling particularly in the UK of that somehow you know you, you need to be stoical and and do everything without the support of anything like HRT and course the reality is nature never intended a woman to live through menopause it's only the last few hundred years that women have lived beyond early 40s so I often describe it to women and say you know the, the reality is now you're probably going to spend more years in a post-menopausal state than you did in your fertile years you know you can expect quite reasonably to live into your 90s now, that's a heck of a lot of time to be uh, living without oestrogen. And oestrogen and is that very hormone that gives you every female characteristic that you have. So to live without it um, is probably going to have an effect on most women.
0: So I think the million dollar question there is, um, how can diet help to address that lack of oestrogen during the menopause?
1: Bottom line is, it pretty much can't, Harriet. And I think that's where um, there's often this mystique. So, you know, changing your diet is not going to get rid of hot flashes. It isn't going to boost your mood. It isn't going to have a magic wand effect. Um, and I think many people are expecting to be able to eat. I mean, there is a practitioner you know, uh, a a non-dietician who talks about a menopause cake that people can make and that this will get rid of their symptoms. You know, you have symptoms because you no longer have oestrogen. What dietetics can do is, I think, get women in the very best shape to have the fittest, healthiest, most productive 60s 70s 80s and 90s possible and it's a moment in time it might be for these are generalistic you know very generalist terms but i think for a lot of these women this is the last chance to actually get somebody to clean their act up you know we um you often see people that maybe give up smoking, cut back on their drinking, start getting a bit more active in their late 30s, early 40s. And I I really do think menopause is a moment for women to pause and decide and think, what do I want the decades ahead to be like? Um, And if they've carried a wee bit too much weight, if they know that there's a family history of heart disease or, or... cancer, whatever. um, The combination of stopping and having to rethink about their lifestyle, having to look ahead into these decades, and also possibly having the addition of this seemingly unexplained weight gain is that moment to suddenly impart everything that we've been trained to do. Um but yeah, you I, you have to be very clear with people, you know, eating a, eating a bit more soya isn't gonna do this. You, are, this. you have to feel well enough to be able to take on the lifestyle. And And again, the beauty with it is, you know, in order to reverse the weight gain, you can't just you can, but it's very difficult to do it just with diet. You have really got to put in some strength exercise to replace that lost muscle tissue. But again, if you can do get somebody to do that, their entire lifestyle changes Um, and it's it's fantastic.
0: And by the sounds of things, the women that you see, they're ready to make those changes. So I imagine they come with that motivation already.
1: Very much so. Um, But I have to say, you know, the women who present and the women who are listening to this now and having a little bit more preparation for what is going to happen in their menopause, are the tip of the iceberg for every woman who even knows what to expect in terms of menopause. There are 10 who have no idea about this at all. You know, we prepare young girls for puberty. We do not prepare women for menopause. And it's wrong. Um, And our entire medical system is not geared up to support women. So GPs barely get any training in menopause. We still have GPs who believe HRT will give patients, uh, women, breast cancer. Certainly as dieticians, we get barely any training around menopause. And this is affecting half the population. And women are giving up jobs. They're losing families because they don't understand what's happening to them, and their world is the world is literally falling apart in some cases, and very often they are being told, "Go away and take some antidepressants."
0: So I suppose where I want you to go next is in terms of the role that you play as a dietitian in really helping to hold the hand of these women during this difficult phase in their life. So you've talked a bit about um, how diet and lifestyle. Uh, really can make a difference if someone's motivated to make the required changes but are there particular pieces of advice that you tend to give to all women in terms of their diet are there key nutrients for example that women should really be thinking about during this stage of their life
1: yeah, I, very often the, during that, uh, the perimenopause, periods can start going all over the place. They can get really erratic. They can get very heavy. They can last um, literally three weeks out of the month. Um, and so iron is often something to really hone in on. Um, I think also one of the, the gifts in terms of of menopause to, to a dietician is women really get their head around the fact that a crazy, silly fad diet to address their weight loss is just not appropriate right now. A, it's unlikely to work, but also um, they can't do this and take care of their bones and their heart. So again, with the loss of oestrogen, the risk of heart disease immediately jumps up to the same as a man's. And and again, nobody knows. Well, nobody talks about this. More women die of heart disease than anything else. Um, Now, HRT will give a little bit of that protection back. But this is, you know, again, not the time to be leaping on to a high protein weight loss regime. This is the time to start eating well, eating a balanced diet to control your weight and do some physical activity. Ain't that what we've been talking about for all of our careers, you know? But actually at this moment, yeah, a woman will embrace that and take it on board. Similarly, you know, her bone health, her bone turnover is um, is rapidly going downward so you know uh, the risk of osteoporosis is um, is real Um, and again we need to focus on calcium on vitamin d on magnesium Um, and also women come absolutely um armed with a whole load of supplements that they don't need to take um and are really keen to spend you know 120 quid a month on supplements um and i but but still i come back to they are so relieved to actually hear some common sense advice and i think the um the role the biggest role um, apart from the nutritional element here, is we have an ability to give women some control back just at the time when they think they're losing control of everything. Actually, you know, to be able to take control of the weight element of this, which is the one thing HRT can't do. Uh, so that's where our, our big opportunity comes. And that, I think, is the beginning of women being coming out of this, seeing... Actually, you know, I can control menopause. Menopause is not going to control me. So we have a massive role. It's not just about nutrition.
0: And when the women come to see you, do you tend to base your advice on the symptoms that they present with at that particular time? Or is this blanket advice that you think applies to all menopausal women?
1: Um, I think the bone health, the heart health, um, and to a degree, the weight control is um, going to be fairly universal. Um, I think if women are coming again, presenting with symptoms, well, you know, if they're struggling with fatigue and you can see that, you know, they're, they're on their way to anemia, then of course, um, we can jump straight in there with very specific advice. But again, I think what um, a lot of the time, what we're actually having to say is, look, You know, as part of a multidisciplinary team here, let's actually get these symptoms under control, which is probably going to mean some hormones. Um, And then once we've got that, then we can start looking at lifestyle changes. And um, I don't think this is i mean i've i have a team of menopause specialist doctors of exercise advisors that i work with of um uh, counselors and coaches to help women just get i think take them take get their head in the place in the right place that they can actually start making some time for themselves to do the lifestyle stuff that's going to be needed Um, to make the progress that they want to. Uh, This isn't something for us as dietitians to think we've got all the answers. You you have to work as part of a team.
0: Actually, I wanted to ask you a bit more about the MDT that you work alongside. Can you tell us more about the health professionals that you work with and um, the role that they play in you helping you to help your patients?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, yes, I work with a team of eight uh, menopause specialist doctors. So the British Menopause Society runs a specific course for GPs to, to make them menopause specialists. Um, we also work alongside, um, I've got a team now of, um, I suppose, fitness professionals who have, again, taken Um, qualifications in menopause so that they can really support women um, from mid 40s onwards with a combination of strength restorative and aerobic exercise Um, we have a pelvic floor specialist who can help with a whole range of um, of issues and interestingly, tend to see quite a lot more IBS around menopause. Either new IBS in women who haven't experienced it before, or exacerbated symptoms in long-term sufferers. And the pelvic floor specialist can be really helpful um, there. But we also look at women as a whole. And so, yeah, we have um, CBT therapists, we have coaches um, to help that process of, I suppose it sounds all a little bit, I don't know, cheesecloth and sandals in some ways, but by the time a woman gets to 45, 50, she has usually tried to bring up a family, get to the top of her career, run a house, be a partner, and now she's finding that she's having to look after elderly parents as well. She's at the bottom of the heap. And it's very few women who naturally at that time realise they're going to have to start prioritising themselves a little bit. And that's what this is, you know, this is all about. It's, you know, again, me being able to say to somebody, if you want to lose the 10 kilos you've gained, where are you going to find time to exercise for half an hour a day? Where are you going to find time to start cooking Um better instead of eating on the way home on the train from a fast food joint, and then necking a couple of glasses of wine at the end of the night, because you're exhausted. You know, that I think is where the team comes in. It's actually to almost wrap our arms around a woman and say, look, you know, in this is the one spot where nature messed up You know, this this is wretched in some instances, but it doesn't have to be that way. And if you get the right toolkit around you, this can actually be the best time of your life. Because the other thing that comes with being 45, I think, is you're not going to take caca from anyone. You know who you are. You know what you want out of life. And actually, if you can just get a leg up to get your head out of the the quagmire of, of all of this, suddenly you can really achieve anything you want. And again, that's what the team do. We've all got a part to play and it is it is a toolkit. There isn't one solution. You can get the best HRT in the world, but that isn't going to sort everything else out. It has to be a, a really, li- a whole lifestyle approach.
0: Interesting. And, and do you support women through your team with their mental health? Because from what you said, it sounds like the, the mental toll, not just the physical toll, is, is quite extensive.
1: Very much so. And I think also what happens, so we have, yeah, we have the team to come in and do that. I think what also happens at this point, of course, is for some women, when they do start realising, actually, I am at the bottom of the heap, and I've been there for a long time. And these are some of the reasons that can sometimes mean some quite significant life lifestyle changes that need to take place. Um, It's, it's not something you can do, I think, um, without recognising what a responsibility it is, and what the various cans of worms that can be opened. But my view is, every single woman deserves this. You know, if this was happening to men, We would never be in this state if men were suddenly um, had their testicles removed at the age of 45. You believe me, doctors would know how to deal with it and workforces would know how to handle their employees. Partners would know how to deal with it. This is because this is happening because the people who make decisions are men. And because this happens to women, it is generally has been believed it wasn't that important. And, you know, I just, I wouldn't dress it, it's not politically correct, maybe, to say that, but it's the truth.
0: Well, I was going to ask you as my next question why is menopause not getting the recognition it deserves? But it sounds like you've just hit the nail on the head with that one. I, I really think it is the case, Harriet. And when you look, I mean, we're,
1: when, we um, th- there have been good quality studies looking at the effect this has on the working population of women, um, and very 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 many women just give up trying to progress in their career because you know you you are not allowed to say I can't do this presentation today because I'm experiencing these symptoms. Or Mm. that I can't remember my own name, I can't, you know, I can't go into this meeting. Um, You can't sit there fanning yourself, dripping in sweat, and when your blouse is actually wet with sweat, which happens an awful lot. You know, again, if that was happening to men, we'd have a solution immediately. Mm, mm.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Um, And hopefully this podcast will provoke a lot of food for thought, shall we say. Now, you talked a lot about women taking HRT. Um, Have you noticed that that has any effect nutritionally um, on their metabolism, for example, or their nutritional requirements?
1: Um, No great effect on nutritional requirements, but what I think it does is enable women to feel, again, well enough, and a bit and like themselves enough to adopt the information i want to give them so very often again i think our our messaging can't come first if a woman presents on her knees with symptoms you've got to get those symptoms right first and then she's ready to take on board what we do we i run a 12-week a program for women and very often when the screening of that it will be look let's get you to talk to one of the menopause doctors first let's get you feeling better and come and do this in three months time once you are you, you are feeling better but no there's no evidence to suggest that there's any change in requirements um and on a metabolic level, I mean, there are fears with some women, amongst some women that going on HRT is going to make them gain weight. Um, certainly the progesterone element of HRT, which any woman who still has a uterus will need um, to have to protect her uterus. And The progesterone element can make you um, a little bit uh, fluid retentive and a bit puffy. Um, but actual fat gain... Um, is there is no evidence to support HRT uh, promoting that
0: interesting I think that's certainly a common myth isn't it and perhaps very much so yeah perhaps that's behind this popularity of fad diets aimed at menopausal women
1: yeah and again I think you know still riding on the back of um very very poorly designed studies in the in the 80s which told us that hrt gave women breast cancer which simply they, they were just so flawed in their design uh, they were looking at women who had been taking hrt for decades that were in their 80s plus the types of hrt that we don't de- that um used in those studies we stopped using those years ago um you know the risk is minimal so for every thousand women uh, um, around four will get breast cancer anyway for every thousand women taking HRT it's about six so there is a slight increase for every thousand women who are overweight the risk of breast cancer is about 16.
0: Gosh those statistics do hit home don't they Um... And I, I think, do you think there's enough education out there for women on these on these statistics?
1: Goodness, no, absolutely not. And thank goodness, you know, for people like Lisa Snowden, Davina McCall stepping forward and being brave enough to say, you know, I'm menopausal, and I've had a wretched time. Um, that's changed a lot. This last year, the dialogue about menopause has just exploded. Um, we set up or I set up in, um, in lockdown in the first lockdown when my I've been in private practice for years, my private practice just was decimated overnight, everything went um, and I thought, right, I better do something and set up a Facebook community for women in menopause. And we've now got 15,000 members. Um, we launched a new website. Uh, if I can mention it, it's called Harley street at home. We launched a new website last, uh, just three weeks ago, which brings everything under one roof for women. And it's, you know, the most important thing is is to raise awareness amongst women themselves, you know, to educate the next generation. When we're telling girls about puberty, tell them what to expect at the other end, that actually they've got choices. I talk a lot about HRT. You know, not, it's not that it's for every woman, but my goodness, she needs the information to be able to make a choice that is right for her. Um, and not be told by her doctor, you know, you can't have HRT, um, you're too young.
0: Yes, I, I certainly don't recall having any education on this during our dietetic training. And also, as you said, when when we're much younger as well. So there's- yeah. It's certainly a conversation that needs to be had. Would you agree, Nigel?
1: I certainly would. And I think, you know, for dietitians who don't ever intend to work in this in this field, something I would absolutely say is, you know, if you're seeing women in their early to mid 40s, and you know you we all know those patients. You look at their food diaries and you think, can't really see what you're doing wrong. You know, and then you suddenly think, but you're gaining about a kilo or so, a kilo and a half, two kilos a year. And then you start ask them about their bra, if their bra fits. You know, that's the big giveaway often because of this central um, and trunk uh, um, fat deposition Bras are the first things that women start saying, you know, nothing's changed. I don't get it, but my bra doesn't fit anymore. Ask them about that, about button-up blouses as well. And if it's all looking as if it's around that trunk area, just, you know, think, could this be perimenopause? Ask ask a few other questions about things changing. Um, And you might just throw a lifeline out to a woman who's never even thought of this.
0: Yeah that's very interesting Um, and I was going to ask you actually for dietitians who are listening um, who maybe don't work in this area but are interested in learning more about women's health and menopause are there any resources or um, papers for example that you'd recommend that they perhaps go and have a look at?
1: Very much so there is um, a book that I um, have been for the I mean again in menopause it's amazing this is It's called Managing the Menopause, um, and it's produced, it's published by Cambridge Medicine, um, and it's for health professionals. And this edition, um, which is, I can't remember which edition, I think this is this latest one. So sorry, the second edition. But finally, there is a whole chapter in here on nutrition and weight management. which I I authored, but uh, this is a super book to really give you um, the the latest evidence that we've got on each section. If um, the British Menopause Society is um, a great resource, produces some terrific um, health professional um documents which which lead you to some some very good studies Um, and then also if you're just i think really looking for um the kind of practical consumer facing type um approach then i would certainly say come and have a look at our facebook community harley street at home that's totally free to join it's a private group but um, free to join Um, and then our our website again harleystreetathome.com and we would be very very happy uh, if you um, to offer anyone listening to this um, a a discount to the membership of the website as well Uh, if you just use join 20 as a coupon that would give you 20% off it's it's 19 pounds a month
0: um, and what does the membership include? Is that for other dietitians or is it aimed at um, people? It's going aimed men- at
1: consumers, but um, it provides you with over 40 classes, workshops, self-care seminars a week that you can join. Um, that it, it's all targeted at supporting women through uh, their perimenopause and menopause. Um, and um, again, all the information is provided by specialists in their field.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. We can link to the book that you mentioned in the show notes. Um, so if anyone would like to have more information, do check the show notes and you'll find that information there. So we're just coming towards the end of our episode. Just before we come to our quick fire questions, I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of supplements, you talked about lots of women spending extortionate amounts of money on supplements, many of which they don't need. But are there any supplements which you do tend to recommend to women during menopause?
1: Uh, Vitamin D. And that's, that's about it, really. Um, I think otherwise, maybe a multivit um, and mineral, but vitamin D
0: so all these herbal remedies that we hear lots about is that there's not very much evidence behind them.
1: There isn't, there's, I mean, the one or two, there's even some harm to suggest that said, you know, there are women who will swear that magnesium gives them a good sleep or that, you know, black cohosh has been the thing that has lifted their, their sweats. I'm always a believer that, you know, if, if we, as long as we can see there's no harm, even if it's a placebo effect, why not? But um, in terms of nutritional supplements, no, the only thing we go with is is good old vitamin D.
0: And final question, are there any nutritional guidelines on um, on nutrition during menopause?
1: No, there's no guidelines for anything, pretty much. NICE have finally drawn up some guidelines around um HRT and what have you and diagnosing menopause but in terms of nutrition no there's nothing
0: but hopefully that will change in the not too distant future oh
1: I hope so yes
0: (laughs) lovely so we're going to come on to our quick fire questions Nigel so first of all can you tell us about your greatest achievement that can be either professionally or personally
1: um I think professionally it is um I my biggest dream was to write a book And having done that, that was it was the most miserable, horrible experience of my life. But having done it, um, it, it was a hugely satisfying moment. Yeah, I never ever want to do it again, though.
0: No, that is that is no mean feat. I have written a book, ghost written a book, and I know exactly how you feel. You never want to see the book again, do you?
1: <laughs> no, and I actually think for dietitians, it is probably the most unhealthy experience you can go through. I would, uh, I, some days I didn't even dress, you know, I was still sitting in pyjamas, living off toast and tea, just wretched, horrid.
0: Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Next up can you tell us about another dietitian or indeed another healthcare professional who inspires you?
1: Yeah absolutely Lyndall Costain was the dietitian I think when I very uh, I hadn't qualified very long and um, I saw Lyndall Costain on TV talking about diet uh, nutrition and it was just at the time when Gillian McKeith was everywhere and I looked at her and I thought, you know, God, we want to see more dietitians doing that. And it inspired me to do all the media stuff I've ever done. Um, And she just, um, you know, I think as a profession, we worry so much about covering every single detail when we're going to speak to you know the media you can't do that you have to do it in headlines unfortunately and she she made me look at it and think we could do that so yeah Lyndall Costone
0: yeah and we're certainly seeing more dietitians in the media which is great I haven't seen Gillian McKeith's programs for a while so that can only be good news (laughs) I
1: think they're on the cutting room floor somewhere (laughs)
0: and finally with this being the dietitian cafe if we cast you off to a desert island what would be your last meal nigel
1: goodness do you know i think it would probably be um roast beef Mm. i cannot i love there is something about roast beef and i think it, apart from all the lovely flavor of it there is just so many memories attached to sunday lunch growing up it was such a, a an important part of the week it's the meal i love having friends round or family round for the most um yeah it would be roast beef
0: with all the trimmings
1: every single one yorkshire puddings (laughs) roast potatoes the lot yeah but a health healthy dose of veg as well
0: of course being a dietitian absolutely lovely well thank you so much for your time today nigel we've really enjoyed having you on here to talk about world menopause day don't forget to check the show notes as well where we'll link to the resources that nigel's mentioned and for our listeners do stay tuned because our next episode of dietitian cafe will be coming very soon thank you